with all wisdom where we are applying biblical truth to everyday life. My name is Derek Brown. I am pastor and elder at Creekside Bible Church, and I am here today with Cliff McManus. He is also pastor and elder at Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, California. We are both professors at the Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo, California. And today we want to do part two of our two-part series on the sanctity of life. But before we get to our topic for today, please check out withallwisdom.org, where we have a large and growing collection of resources there, both audio and written resources, that are all aimed to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus, everything being rooted in God's Word to help you grow in spiritual maturity. And now to part two of our sanctity of life topic. In response to that uh, Supreme Court ruling last week, and uh, that Supreme Court ruling overturned uh, Roe versus Wade, and has now it has said that a right to an abortion is actually not a constitutional right. It's not a right at all. Actually, now it's been pushed back to the states to allow the states to determine whether or not they will uphold any kind of so-called abortion rights or whether they will ban abortion altogether. And so I want to turn it over to you, Cliff. You wanted to give some background, kind of talk about the state of things right now, what the actual ruling entailed, and uh, a few other things related to this most recent situation in the Supreme Court. Yeah, it was historic last week. So June 2022, Supreme Court 5 to 3 to 1. That was strange. Hmm. Five to three to one. Overturns Roe v. Wade. Now, that was cause for rejoicing and celebration. I'm glad that happened. Yes. But that's not the end of the story. Right. Um, I was also, with that ruling, a little nervous because of implications forthcoming. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to explain a little bit what uh, that ruling was all about implications, how it affects particularly those living in California and Christians. So what was what did they rule last week? Well, they didn't – yeah, they overruled or overturned Roe v. Wade, but they didn't eradicate abortion in right. America. Right. That's so not what we, happened. Yeah, yeah, so we need to be clear about that. Yeah. So why would I be rejoicing over the ruling last week? Well, the main reason I was rejoicing is because uh, the justice has made a proper ruling regarding the way it should work here in America in terms of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Supreme Court, the nine justices, they're only supposed to be making rulings of actually what's in the Constitution right. and interpreting the Constitution. Right. If something is not in the Constitution, they shouldn't be saying anything. Um, so they shouldn't have been making uh, interpretations or comments or giving edicts about gay marriage mm. when they did right? because marriage is not in the Constitution. Right. But one of the amendments of the Constitution says that Anything not in the Constitution needs to be delegated to the states and the people. Mm-hmm. And so we have 50 states. And so if it's not in the Constitution, the Supreme Court has no authority. They shouldn't say anything. And then you should just push it back to the states. And then each state needs to decide what they're going to do on that issue. Right. For example, on the speed limit. Uh, the Constitution of the United States says nothing about what the speed limit should be. Mm-hmm. But at some point, the federal government got involved, usurped its authority – and decided the maximum speed limit as you drive across America from one state to another is 65, mm. and you can't go over that. And then finally in the 1990s, uh, there were some lawmakers who said, "That's you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That should be left to the states because the speed limit is not mentioned in the Constitution. Right. And lo and behold, uh, that happened so that in the 1990s, um, 
it uh, actually the legislature of the United States agreed and put that ruling back into the power of the people with every state. Mm. So in the 1990s, um, you weren't confined to just driving 65 miles an hour maximum as you drive across the United States. And every state was allowed to decide what their speed limit right. would be. So it was kind of cool. You could go into some states driving through uh, the Midwest where they didn't even have a speed limit, yeah. like on the Autobahn in Europe or something. <laughs> and you're going 110 or they raised it. A lot of them raised it up to 70 or 75 miles an hour. I remember that I was because I was celebrating. Well, I lived in Montana during the time that Montana for a couple of years had no speed limit. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it was 55 miles an hour was the maximum speed. Can wow. you imagine? No, I can't. 55. <laughs> so for 10 plus years, I had to drive 55 max across the country. And then in the 90s, uh, it, could, it, it was left to the states. That's the way it should be. Yeah. So that's what the Constitution allows in one of the amendments. That, and so that's also true of abortion. So that's what happened last week. A majority of the Supreme Court justices were honest and said, uh, the Constitution doesn't talk about abortion. Therefore, mm-hmm. uh, Roe v. Wade is illegitimate. Yeah. Uh, the federal government can't be giving mandates on this issue, and this needs to go back to the states. Yeah. So that was a good thing. That's how our Constitution and government is supposed to work. So that was cause for celebrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, another cause for celebrating in light of that ruling is that now uh, there were some states that wanted to ban abortion altogether, like Missouri and Texas and Oklahoma and others, and now they are allowed to do that. Yeah. Because the federal government wouldn't be intervening. So that was cause for celebration if you live in those states. Mm -hmm. Um, The concern that we have currently facing us is because the Supreme Court said, okay, every one of the 50 states needs to decide their own abortion rules Mm -hmm. and laws. Mm -hmm. So if the people in each one of those states want to outlaw abortion, fine. Let the people do that. And each state has to determine that. But uh, the bad news is each state can also decide, no, we want to keep abortion. As a matter of fact – we want to make abortion more extreme and available. Right. As a matter of fact, we want to go beyond what Roe v. Wade allowed, yeah. Yeah. which was you can have an abortion within the first two trimesters. Mm-hmm. That's In 1973, basically that's what they said. Uh, you can have an abortion until viability of the fetus, and in the last trimester, you shouldn't have an abortion. But now that all changes. Yeah. And there are plenty of states in America that are saying – that they want to put uh, laws on the books in their state constitution to allow abortion to happen all the way up through the third trimester to the very moment of birth. That is worse than Roe v. Wade. Right. Right. So uh, the battle really is just beginning. And yeah. now, now the battle is not going to be at a federal level. It's going to be at a state-to-state mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, you're going to see all these measures on state ballots when they're voting. Uh, we have one coming up now in the state of California uh, the first week of November 2022 where these liberal pro-abortion politicians in the state of California have already passed and approved and are going to put a measure on the mm-hmm. – to present before the people to vote on. And it will amend the constitution – the state constitution of California – Basically allowing abortion all the way up until birth. So mm-hmm. it's horrible. It is it horrific. Is, it is horrific. It's horrifying. And last – I don't know. A lot of people weren't paying attention, but everybody's celebrating. The pro-life people are celebrating the Roe v. Wade being overruled. And then quietly over in a corner, Gavin Newsom, governor of the state of California, had a press conference on Friday condemning the Supreme Court's ruling. Right. And then signing legislation here in the state of California, AB 1666, I think it was called which is in effect right now since last Friday, six days now. 
And basically what it proposes is California will be a safe haven to protect anybody from other states that want to come here and get an abortion, either get an abortion or perform an abortion. So basically Gavin Newsom is welcoming all the abortion doctors across America. You want to come here and have abortions, have at it. You want to get an abortion, have at it. In your state like Missouri, they can't sue you, even though in Missouri right now has a law in the books that if you're a resident of Missouri and you go get an abortion in California, that you can be sued and held accountable by the state of Missouri for doing that, for committing a murder, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And now California is saying, no, our law protects the person from Missouri. And you can't lay hands on them. They can have an abortion. They can go back to Missouri. So it's going to get ugly. Oh, wow. So now it's, what we're going to see, I mean, a year from now, Derek, we should circle back around and see all that yeah. has changed because yeah. this stuff is going to be changing from day to day, week to week, month to month. The litigation going on, states fighting one another, uh, governors fighting one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to keep changing yeah. uh, from month to month of what the state laws are. And the more conservative states are going to uh, bolster up their pro-life laws. Mm-hmm. And the more liberal states are going to seek to get even uh, more blatant uh, abortion laws on the yeah. books. Yeah. So that, that's what we're seeing. This is kind of like how it was in the days of slavery in the Civil War, mm. where the, they were fighting on a state level. Right. About is a black – uh, well, I can't call him a person. Is a black a person or not? Right, right. That's that was right. the debate. That's right. And it's like, is a baby a person or not? I mean, is a fetus a person or mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Is a black a person or not? Mm-hmm. That's what this is about. And it's going to get ugly. Wow. And, you know, people think our state, our, our country is polarized up to this point, And it is. Yeah. This is going to polarize the states even more. Wow. Uh, blue and red are going to become dark blue and dark yeah. red. It's a good point. I mean, you and I here at the church in California where we pastor in Northern California, how many people have we seen of members in our church over the last eight years, ten years move out of California to states like Texas, Florida, and more conservative states just to get away from liberal California? Oh, it's been a steady exodus since I've been here. And yep. You've been here – I've been here for the last eight years. You've been here longer than you. So you've seen the steady exodus last for uh, several years almost probably ever since you – planted the church in 2006. And so it's been a steady exodus. And a lot of the reason that we're given by those who are moving out is they just, they can't handle, they don't, they're so uh, disgusted by the, the the politics and the laws of California that they've, they just can't stay here anymore. And they, they go to more conservative, politically conservative states. Yeah. You and I were, were pastors here in one of the most liberal areas in America, mm-hmm. actually. The most progressive, liberal, basically anti-Bible. Yeah, it's hard to live here as yeah. a Bible-believing Christian. Yeah, uh, and I've been at the church a little longer than you have. Just in ten years here, uh, we have seen over three hundred of our rock-solid members move out of our church and out of California. And out well, three hundred. So you've got a yeah. So I've got a running tally. Yeah. yeah. So our church of two hundred people would be about a church of six hundred people if <laughs> just people decided to stay. Yeah. Yeah. But over, over easily over 200 people have less for the sole reason that it's too liberal here and um, it's so antithetical to Christianity. Yeah. So that's the polarization that I'm talking about. Yeah. So, and that's going to increase all the more. Yeah. So you've got uh, these conservative people are going to continue to move out of California mm-hmm. and then California is just going to be a magnet for pro-abortion radical wow. politics. So that's why I said in a year from now, the demographic I think is going to change in these states. So hopefully the people do the right thing in November yeah. and vote for life, but uh, that's coming up. So that's just something to be aware of. 
so this decision did not uh, end abortion by any means, but it was the that's, right ruling. That, yeah, exactly. So that's a good reminder, but a good balance that something to be celebrated. It was the right ruling. And yet, like you said, the fight is certainly not over and it did not end abortion. Yep. Uh, then I just want to run through some stats real quick just to remind us of since 1973, Roe v. Wade, when abortion was protected as law of the land here in California, estimates now are, because it's been about 50 years, they say that 50 to 70 million babies have been killed through abortion mm-hmm. since then. 50 to 70, and here in America. Right, just here in America. Yeah. So about an average of a million babies each year. Uh, for the last 50 years, 1.5 billion babies have been slaughtered around the world. Hmm. 1.5 billion. There's only 8 billion people on yeah. earth right now. That is just a, a stunning number. Since when, did you say? For the last 50 years. Last 50 so years, about okay. the same time okay. period. Gotcha. That's mind-boggling. It is. Um, now, in light of the recent decision, here's where all the 50 states are as of today. And this will change tomorrow. This will be different next week because there's all this litigation going on in the states. Right. And uh, judges trying to block conservative ju- right. uh, governors. I've and seen that. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. But right now, even though they made this decision and overruled Roe v. Wade at the federal level last week, abortion remains legal in 35 states hmm. out of the 50. So the majority of the states. Yeah, the majority. There's only then 15 yep. states, really. Full-term abortion is still legal. Full-term, all the way up till birth. Nine months in the womb, you can still kill a baby in the following five states. Colorado, where I was born. New Jersey, Oregon, Delaware. Well, four states, and then plus uh, the District of Columbia. Okay. Now, what's interesting, in 1973, with the ruling of Roe v. Wade... You couldn't kill a baby uh, to the point right, of birth. Right. So something happened. When did that change? Yeah. Well, there was another big case um, a couple of decades after uh, Roe v. Wade. So the original Roe v. Wade was you can't have an abortion in the third trimester. That changed with the Supreme Court, which allowed you can no, it's you can have a full term abortion all the way up to birth. And so four mm-hmm. states have put that on their state constitutions, and they still and that's still true today. So you can go to Colorado today and get an abortion all the way up until the last minute. That is unbelievable. Yep. Um, now, today, abortion is illegal in six states. Kentucky, Louisiana, Texas, South Dakota, Oklahoma, and Missouri. Only six. <clears throat> Completely illegal for the most part. Uh soon to be illegal potentially in another 11 states. Right. I've seen those uh, scenarios. So um, we'll see how this pans out over the weeks and the months as this all goes to the courts. And just to be clear, based on what we had said from Scripture last episode, we would say that uh, the states that are saying that abortion is illegal are the states that are actually correct in their moral judgment, that it should be illegal. Absolutely. Because it's the taking of... Life. It is. A human person. Yep. Here's the state status in California. The current law here in California is that abortion is legal up to fetal viability, which means up to 24 to 26 weeks. Okay. 
So basically, you can't have you're not supposed to have an abortion in the last trimester. So Gavin Newsom wants to extend this. Mm-hmm. You can have an abortion all the way up, basically until birth. Nancy Pelosi, same thing. So this is radical. So that's what we're voting on in November. Uh, currently, 154,000 babies are killed in abortion every year in California. 154,000. Is it stunning to you at all? I I said this in the last episode, but I just still can't wrap my head around like what you just said in terms of full-term abortion, that that could be advocated. I, I just can't wrap my head around how a, uh, a person can argue for the legitimacy of killing a baby who's at full term, where the only difference between that baby uh, in terms of their legal rights are that they are separa- separated by a layer of skin inside the womb yep, and not outside that womb. Yeah. It's unthinkable. Yeah. But there are politicians and lawmakers here in America that have been arguing for partial birth abortion and supporting it yeah. for decades. Yeah, for decades. That's true. Where you could literally, part of the baby's foot comes out and you can uh, perform an abortion because part of the baby is still, still in the womb. the womb. Yeah. And the the process of aborting a child in the third trimester is just absolutely gruesome. Yeah. If you ever saw it or heard about it described as they – Stick a long needle in there in the mm-hmm. top of the baby's head. And just, it's disgusting. And yeah. they've, it's called vacuuming. Yeah. Dissection and vacuuming. Yeah. It's worse than what the Nazis did. Yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to be civilized um, Americans. But um, so that's where we're at in California. So uh, if you're a believer, you can be. I just say keep praying, stay yeah. informed, trust yeah. God. He is yeah. sovereign. These are his. People, his babies, they're precious to him. He is in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not going to let this go unaccounted for. Um, so God is in charge, and that's an encouragement. Now, you were talking about the how unthinkable it was of this uh, late-term abortion. I don't know if you remember two years ago, it was during COVID, when the governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, mm-hmm. uh, was caught on video Basically condoning abortion, condoning late-term abortion, and he went in to describe even post-birth abortion, yeah. condoning that. Yeah. Horrific. I do remember that. And the, the irony is he's a pediatrician. Yeah. A pediatrician who's supposed to care for, take care of babies yeah. and children. And here's a governor of a state painting a scenario where, well, it's possible that, you know, a woman, she could have a, a baby and we take care of its life, and he kept calling it a baby. Right. We take care of its life there until mom and the family make a decision about what they want to do for it. Then, if they want to terminate it, then it would be terminated. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the logical end because the because the pro abortion ar- argument is illogical at its at its beginnings. You you have to eventually get to that point where um, that that is the that is the conclusion that there must be the moral allowance to kill the baby outside of the womb. We said we said earlier that one of the things that a, a pro-abortion proponents have to say is that that this this um, being whatever it is inside the womb is is not not a child. Yep. Um, and once you start saying that, then it you can go all the way to full term and still be able to take that life. 
but then it becomes very, very fuzzy as the distinction between um, when and when it's allowed and when it's not allowed. And now you're getting to a point where once the child is completely out, you're still now pondering whether or not you can take that uh, child's life. And that really is kind of just the logical uh, outcome of the whole pro-abortion argument. It has to kind of end there. At, and some and pro-lifers have made that argument for a long time that it, it, your, your argument has to end in, in infanticide. It does. So it's infanticide whether baby's uh, two months in the womb. Right, exactly. Or two days old after it's born. Exactly. Uh, Derek, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. How During COVID, we've heard a lot of Christians say that we need to obey the government, obey the law, submit mm-hmm. to the government, which we would agree with. Yes. Romans 13. We've talked about that. We have. So we believe in submitting to the government. We believe in Romans 13. Mm-hmm. No authority exists except which has been established by God. Well, if you applied that to abortion mm-hmm. and f- followed the law and followed the science, but primarily following the law, then we would say, yeah, let's let's follow the law of the land, which for us is the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we should support the Constitution. Yeah. Romans 13. If we did, we would come to the following two conclusions. Uh, number one, the Constitution doesn't talk about abortion right. at all. Right. And it does not provide a right to an abortion. Correct. Therefore, Roe v. Wade was illegitimate mm-hmm. all along. And then number two, if we follow the Constitution, the 14th Amendment actually explicitly protects life, the yeah. right to life. Yeah. That's the irony. It Nobody is Nobody wants irony. to talk about the that. The great irony. That no state shall make a law mm-hmm. that interferes with the life of a human being. Yeah. But that's in our constitution. Yeah, it is. It is the great irony, uh, isn't it? Because and you hear this with even uh, the defense of abortion. You'll hear the talk of protecting the the woman's rights uh, for her to be able to conduct her life how she wants to and do what she wants to, and yet at the very same time, which protect your rights to kill her baby, right? And at the very same time, at that very moment, you're not considering. The, protecting the life of that pre- potentially that woman in the womb, that little girl, potentially if it is a female, yeah. but nevertheless protecting that right to life in the in that womb, and so it's just it's just a very um, logically contradictory position. Um, Let me yeah. read that phrase exactly. Yeah. Amendment fourteen, section one says, "No state shall, or nor shall any state deprive any person of life." Mm. There it is. There it is. Any person. Well, this has been a sobering uh, yet very important discussion. And Cliff, I just appreciate you taking us through all these important points. And we would encourage you to check out episode number 42. That was the Sanctity of Life Part 1. This is the Sanctity of Life Part 2. We hope this has been helpful. We hope it encourages you to pray. Pray for, if you're a, a resident of California, pray for California. Pray for our lawmakers. Uh, pray that God would do a mighty work even here and that the that that the churches and that Christians would uh, stand up for life and speak from the scripture and, and uphold life and just pray that God would do uh, a mighty work so that uh, these kinds of things like late-term abortions could be uh, prevented and even even someday outlawed. And some people didn't think Roe versus Wade could ever be overturned, and here we are. And honestly, if I'm honest, I probably was one of them, thinking that that'll never happen. Well, here we are. And I so, was one of them. Yeah. I was a doubter. Yeah. 
And so we should continue to be encouraged to pray that the Lord can do uh, amazing and mighty beyond what we can even begin to ask or think. And so let's continue to pray, particularly for the states that are now uh, in the trenches of fighting now for abortion rights and to even escalate what those will look like in the legislature. So we encourage you to check out withallwisdom.org. You'll find resources related to pro-life, sanctity of life, and a host of other practical, theological, and social issues. Until next time, keep seeking the Lord and His Word.